What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. And now we have with us Fran Fraschilla, probably the greatest expert on the Big 12 uh, in the television business. I don't know if, if Chuck Carlton would, would concede that he's the greatest expert, but we're going to go with Fran as, as the number one expert on the Big 12. Let's the, the tournament's up. There's three Big 12 teams left. There's only one from Texas. It's Baylor. And I, I think, I, Fran, I think the, the tournament is sh- shaken down. Is that the right word? It's shaken down such that it's perfect for Baylor. Duke's out. Villanova's out. Yep. The four, the four teams left in the East, that could be, you know, people might think that's an NIT final um, compared compare to what else is going on. Uh, yeah. If you're a Baylor fan, you should be pretty excited now, shouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's been an amazing ride for Baylor, Barry. No top 25 votes in the preseason. None. Zero. Nine weeks later, they're number one team in the country. Sure, they had their ups and downs in the Big 12, but I think the Big 12 has acquitted itself not only so well uh, in the regular season, but certainly in the tournament with three teams left. So, great ride for Baylor. Um, once you get into the NCAA tournament, every game's going to be knocked down, drag out. And certainly, the, uh, you know, their, their win over USC was such, was such the case. And uh, good for Scott Drew. I will tell you this. Last eight years, the Baylor Bears, with really no tradition before he got there, a li- limited basketball tradition. Bas- last eight years, two Elite Eights and uh, two Sweet Sixteens, and obviously their best chance, I think, to go to the Final Four this year. But have things worked out perfectly? No Duke, Duke's out, Villanova, the defending national champion. People thought yeah, that they might be there. How perfect has it worked out for Baylor? Well, it's great because the last time they played Duke in an Elite Eight, they, uh, they suffered a, a a blown block charge call late in the game that they were leading in Houston. And the fact that Duke's not there not only means that the team's the team, the good team is not there, but also, you know, uh, let's face it, uh, whether it's subconscious or not, Duke usually gets the favorable whistle, and they're not, Baylor's not going to have to deal with that this year. How about Villanova? Uh, you know, not as much of a surprise to me. i got to tell you honestly. Um, when I saw the bracket and I saw Wisconsin was uh, seated at number eight, I thought that was low, and a lot of people feel that way. Uh, you know, this team has four guys that competed in, uh, you know, in the Final Four already, and three of those guys have been to two Final Fours. So I was not uh, surprised, and I, I don't think Villanova minus Ochefu and the fact that they had their, some big guys injured this year, I don't think they were the same team. Wasn't surprised they got knocked out by an eight seed because that was an unusual eight seed. Fran, you were talking earlier about the the, the knockdown drag out sort of aspect of this, and and certainly Baylor's good size, good defensively, good in transition. Can you talk about them a little bit more as a team? Those qualities, but also 
offensively, are, are they, do they run their offense well enough to execute in, in crunch time to, to maybe survive some of these challenges they're going to have going forward from here? Yeah, I think one of the things, it's a good point, David, one of the things that helps Baylor is um, that, that they're not, at this point, not seeing any Big 12 teams in the, in the, you know, in the near future, uh, uh, i.e. next weekend. And what happens is, I, you know, Scott Drew has come such a long way as a basketball coach uh, that if you talk to people in the Big 12 coaches, uh, they will tell you that they are a well-coached team. Problem is, uh, for everybody, including Baylor, is once you get halfway through the Big 12 race, and because it's a double round-robin league, um, everybody knows everybody. And uh, it's a little different now that you're playing some teams that are unfamiliar with you, and I think that helps Baylor. They have size inside. Um, they have the terrific point guard in Mono LeConte, who was terrific down the stretch. I think at times they struggle to shoot it from the perimeter, um, and that could be an issue. Uh, the defense is solid. They can, they can, they can switch between a, a pesky zone defense and, and solid man-to-man. So uh, I, think, I, think they're, uh, you know, I think they're tailor-made for this weekend. Having said that, South Carolina uh, showed us yesterday that they're an outstanding defensive team. They shut down Duke. And uh, you know, obviously, I thought they—I thought they were more. I thought they were physically and mentally tougher than Duke in that game, and so that's something that Baylor has to be concerned with. By the way, there is history here. Four years ago, in a in a uh, 24-hour uh, ESPN marathon game in early November, uh, South Carolina and Baylor played each other. Sandarius Thornwell, the SEC Player of the Year, was a freshman. Baylor won that game at home. Um, so these teams know each other just a little bit. The seniors certainly know each other, and the coaches know each other. You know, I was stunned in watching the game yesterday how the, the broadcasters, who really don't know Baylor the way you know Baylor and even David Moore knows Baylor, um, they, it, was, it was to them it was almost like King McClure you know, came off the street. And, yeah. uh, you know, King McClure was a pretty good high school player in the state of Texas, and, and he's been a pretty good player at Baylor. But, but they thought it was, an, it was amazing what he did. Were you that surprised? Well, I wasn't, and uh, I understand how it all works. I mean, uh, without being critical of somebody else's, you know, uh, coverage of the tournament, um, a lot of the guys that, you know, are doing the NCAA tournament are not, you know, they're NBA guys. And so that, you know, that puts them in a bind. You know, I'm getting ready to go to Oxford, Mississippi today, and I'm going to do the Georgia Tech-Ole Miss NIT game tomorrow night, and 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 even and this is really true when I do the women's tournament, uh, which I did for seven years, and you don't see the you know the the, the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State on TV every night on the women's side, uh, nor nor do you see them on the men's side for that matter. <laughs> but I try I try to treat I try to treat every game I do like it's like it, like it's a team's national championship game. I, I don't care if it's the eighth man, you know, on uh, on a women's team in the NCAA tournament or the eighth man at Georgia Tech tomorrow night. I, you know, I try to do my homework so that someone like you guys or the fan says, Boy, I'm really surprised Fran Fraschella didn't know that. Right. Um, I, I take it personally. So uh, without being critical of those guys, they just don't have the institutional knowledge, uh, and maybe they should, of somebody like me who studies the, the league, studies the teams, knows the players, and um, you know has, the, has that kind of information that I try to get basically 365 days a year. Fran, are you breaking news here when you said you're on your way to Oxford and you're taking your lovely wife with you? Is this, <laughs> is this a second honeymoon? 
<laughs> well, it could be. It, it could be construed as such, knowing how much Meg loves basketball, Barry. But uh, actually, we have never. I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that I've never stayed set foot inside the quaint, beautiful, from what I told, from what I've been told, little city of Oxford, Mississippi. So yes, we are making this a little 24-hour excursion. I was really looking forward to Akron, UTA tonight. Uh, you know, over in College Park there in Arlington. Right. But I've uh, been given this assignment, so hopefully I'll see UTA in New York City next week when I cover the NIT finals. But uh, yeah, we're going to go to Oxford. I'm going to, you know, take a look around, get to the Grove. I hear there's a couple fabulous restaurants. And uh, looking forward to calling the game tomorrow night. Ryan, you, you still have uh, three teams from the, the Big 12 left. You have, you have Baylor, you have Kansas, you have West Virginia. Uh, and and you look around at some of the other major conferences, you you have three left as well. What yeah. do you think the odds are on two teams from the same conference advancing to the Final Four? And, and what do you think question. is most likely? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I do not have a bracket in front of me, David, so I'm guessing here. But, uh, you know, I, I had, for example, I have in my bracket, well, uh, by the way, most of it's been blown up, but uh, I have Oregon, believe it or not, beating Kansas in Kansas City. Um, oh. Yeah, I do. Now, you know, the way Kansas played yesterday, um, they looked like a juggernaut. That that may be problematic for me. But, you know, Oregon, uh, UCLA, and Arizona, uh, all left, all capable, I think, of getting uh, to the Final Four. Not, it's not going to be as easy for Oregon. But, uh, you know, the Baylor certainly has... I wouldn't say the easiest road. Kansas has the easiest road of the Big 12 teams, but Baylor certainly has the door wide open based on what we've already talked about, no Villanova, no Duke. And then West Virginia, I believe they're out west, so they're going to be running up against Gonzaga, I think, as I recall. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. A tough game for them. And then they got to go through Arizona. So, you know, I think, I think if a team gets three, I think if a league gets three teams to the Sweet 16, it's a good endorsement of a good season. But with with Penn, with uh, with Big Ten still having some teams left, Purdue and Michigan in that Kansas City bracket, uh, it's going to be very intriguing. But what I like most, I have to tell you, is while we all love the Cinderella upsets, most of the teams left are teams that we've heard of, that we know the players, and there are still going to be some compelling matchups. Uh, unfortunately for people like me, I really thought we could see Duke Carolina in the final. And they've never met in the NCAA tournament. Of course, that blew up yesterday. So we're not going to have a blue blood, per se, coming out of the East. But uh, we're going to have an upstart there. But the other three brackets certainly uh, have a chance to have blue bloods come out of there. This is Again, I like to go off on a tangent. Did you ever have a parent, like the ball kid, at, at UCLA? <laughs> Did you ever, when you, were co- you coached at New Mexico, you coached St. John's, you yeah. coached at Manhattan. Did you ever have a parent like that? And how did you? And if you did, how did you handle it? I, and, and if you didn't, and if you didn't, would you take the kid with that parent? Well, unfortunately, I had a few parents like Lonzo Ball. The problem was I didn't have the players that he spawned. You know, I mean, I could, I could live. I, I, was, I said Levar, Lonzo. I meant Levar. Um, I had some parents like Levar Ball, but I never had anybody as good as Lonzo. And quite frankly. It's worth it for Steve Alford to handle the, you know, the, the extracurricular stuff off the court. You know, I don't know Lonzo Ball 
but my perception of him, and from what I've been told, he's a good kid, and he's certainly a great player. And if there's something in his DNA about, uh, you know, if, if unselfishness is part of his character, which I think it is, and that says a lot about the kid. I have had some over-the-top parents, and they were not worth having their son on the team, I can tell you that. Um, uh, unfortunately. Now, with this kid, you just deal with it. But I also have to tell you, and I'll probably break a little news here, Oh, uh, and it's just my opinion, I would not be surprised to see Steve Alford in Bloomington next year. Um, it's a job that last year, I think he was 15 and 17, he was very close to being uh, removed last year, minus the backing of his AD and a long-term contract. I, I honestly think that he will not be around to coach the third ball son. So he's got the right one, and this guy can take them to the Final Four. There's no doubt about it. Do, do you think UCLA I, – I mean, you know, you said there was no blue bloods but look, but uh, in the east. But how about that yeah. south, North Carolina, Kentucky – and UCLA is—I don't think that's ever happened before that those three teams were in the same. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure, region. but it's it's great. It's great because uh, you know, uh, well, they played each other almost in a round robin. Not you know, Carolina played uh, uh, Kentucky. Kentucky's played UCLA and Carolina, and then UCLA obviously went to Kentucky and won. So any combination of those three in the regional final is going to be unbelievable, and. Uh, you know, it's it's great. You know, they're all very, very good teams. None of them are a great team. I don't think there's a great team left, guys. But they're all, they've all proven this year that they're all outstanding basketball teams. And we know the guys. You know, even though Lonzo Ball's been there for one year, unlike a Grant Hill or a Christian Leitner or a Patrick Ewing, we know these guys. You know, we, we've seen enough of Malik Monk and Lonzo Ball and, and, uh, you know, in North Carolina's case, they do have upperclassmen. So that's going to be the exciting thing is there are a lot of well-known players left on really good teams. Before, before we let you go, give us your final four. Did you, were, you, were you taking Oregon in the Midwest? I was. I had Oregon, uh, Arizona, uh, North Carolina, and Duke. So given that Duke is gone and given that Baylor is in close proximity to my house and, and my friendship with Scott Drew, I am not picking against the Baylor Bears. Uh, and Scott Drew has this unique karma about him. You know, just when people kind of poo-poo his coaching, he tends to prove them wrong. I think we're long past that, by the way. But uh, I'd love to see Baylor. Uh, I think it would be great for, you know, basketball in the Big 12, great for the state of Texas, and great for the community, you know, especially with, with all they've gone through. Here's one last interesting thing about Baylor, guys, I want you to chew on. You very rarely hear about Scott Drew's guys transferring. By and large, they wait their turn. There's not that much malcontent. Uh, you know, Rico Gathers, I think, had an incident last year. But by and large, over 14 years, he's had pretty good guys and, well, and, and represent the school really well. And, of course, they've won a lot of games, so. You know, I, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. So I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Baylor anyway just because they're dear and dear to my heart. Is he, okay, I have to ask you this question because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the women's program at Baylor. Is Scott Drew the best basketball coach on the campus in Waco? Well, now that's a trick question, okay? Yeah, that's a trick question because I said last fall at the, at the Waco Chamber of Commerce uh, basketball kickoff luncheon that, that Kim Mulkey could coach the St. Louis Cardinals. 
You know, I mean, she's got the toughness to coach a- anything, really, and, 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 and either gender. So, uh, you know, I would just say that Baylor basketball or the, and the university is very fortunate that they have one of the best one-two combinations in, in the country. Could she coach a Division I uh, men's team? I think she could. Yeah, I do think she could. I think she's tough enough. She's knowledgeable enough, um, competitive enough, no question about any of those. Um, has the history as a player and as a coach. Um, I, I think that she she could do it. I, I honestly do. Will we see that in our lifetime? Not Kim, but but you think. <laughs> and you know I'm an old man, so it's it's a pretty yeah, sorry, no, a limited are, time frame there on you. But, but you're right. We're, we're the same generation. Oh no, we're but you're younger same. than me. You're you're at least three years younger than me. But <laughs> same but, age. I know. I know. I'm the same age as your wife because uh, obligatory of every podcast with Barry Horn, we have to mention that your wife and I graduated from the same high school, same year, and we're good friends. Right. And, and that's like two thousand miles away from Dallas. So what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, we're but not gonna, we're not going to even mention James Madison High School in yeah. Brooklyn, New York. But before we let you go. Yes. Will we see that in our lifetime? Will we see a woman, a female, coaching a man, uh, D1 man's team? Well, I expect to be around for a little while longer, so I'll say yes. I will say yes. Okay. Fran, thank you so much. Enjoy Oxford. Have a great time. Thanks for enlightening yep. us, something that I, I'm not sure was done. On, <laughs> we needed. On, uh, we needed enlightenment, but I'm not, sure, I'm not sure the CBS and the Turner broadcasters were able to do that with Baylor. Thanks so much. Well, thanks, thanks so much. You don't say anything. It's, it's my pleasure. Thanks, thanks. Fran. My pleasure, guys. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. You know, Fran, Fran, you know, Fran, we didn't bring this up, and maybe I should have. I think he coached Ron Artest in, in, uh, at college at St. John's. I think he did, but I'm not I sure. That was, was right about, I'm not sure. I, I, I think he did, and maybe we'll do a whole podcast on coaching, on, on coaching Ron. Ron. But so, David, give me your final four real quick. <sighs> well, I think Arizona. I, I I'm really looking forward to that Arizona-Gonzaga playing again. Uh, I assume that's going to happen. I think that'll be a really wonderful game. I'll go with Arizona. Um, I'm going to go Kansas. I I had Kansas even before as good as they looked yesterday. Um, I tell you, Baylor's positioned pretty well. Um, Let's go Baylor. That's putting two two teams from that conference in. And then the last – I went with UCLA before. I think it's going to be a tough get for them getting through, but uh, I'll stick with that. I'll go UCLA as you well. You know what? I think that, that that would be my final four, too. And I, really? I, I'm not copying off your paper because we're sitting on opposite sides yeah. of the room. They don't let us sit close to and each other. And we never copy off each other anyway. So <laughs> no, no, no. Usually go in opposite directions. But this has been a, a, an informative podcast and, and I hope an entertaining podcast for our, our fans, our college basketball fans. Fran always brings it. Very um, good. You know, it, it's it's amazing that you know he and he said it. He prepares for every game like it's a Final Four game, and, and it's it's, it's a, he's a terrific listener. He's very informative. I'm not sure most fans want all that information at, at this point in the season. They're just, everybody's people are watching who don't watch. Well, and that's basketball. what you get again. You're you're bringing in the peripheral fans or, or not the you know, and so they're saying, how do you enlarge the market? It's with personality. Uh, it's not necessarily with giving more X's and O's about the game. It's with presenting a, a big personality or someone who's going to you know make you laugh. Uh, again, it's, is entertainment more important than information at this stage as far as growing your audience? And I think that's what that's what you see CBS doing, and, 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 Turner, that's, what every, and, Turner, and that's what every and Turner, team in Turner, sports now. 
But and I, and I'll just leave you with this one one piece of uh, trivia. My wife has known Fran since high school, and she calls him Franny. And and I, it's it's just you're not that familiar she, with him. I'm you not don't familiar call him with him to call him Franny. She goes, "Oh, look, Franny's on TV," <laughs> and it's, and she smiles every time she says it. And I'm like, "Really?" You Does know, she smile. Every time she says Barry? No. No, she doesn't. But every time she sees Fran Frischilla on TV, she goes, oh, it, it, she hears the voice. She can't, she doesn't, can't differentiate my voice from anybody in the crowd. She goes, oh, is that Franny I hear on the TV? I'm a little, wor- I'm a little worried about that. So, but David, thanks so much. And, and again, we did this podcast. We proved we could do a podcast without Kevin Sherrington uh, telling us about what he wrote on a subject. Oh, uh, you gosh. know, as, as I wrote in my column. Or, I'm sure you. I'm sure you saw what I wrote the other I'm day. Sure, or or, or, or Evan yeah, Grant bringing his oh, knowledge of of baseball in, into every podcast. So we we've we've well, been successful. As I tweeted thirty minutes ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, Evan Grant. As I tweeted, or as I I did. As memes, you may have seen on social media, memes or my memes. I address on, this. My memes on this. So, but we still do have to talk to Evan Grant. We're going to do. Oh, a we ra- do. Yeah, we do. It's in the contract. It's in, Evan, it's in Evan's contract. He's the only one of the three of us I think that's ever had a contract <laughs> here, here at the Dallas Morning News. But we we had a great podcast with David and Bob Sturm talking Cowboys football, talking about the secondary, talking Tony Romo. Uh, be sure to look for that on uh, on. Um, uh, ballsy, the ballsy uh, network, network, uh, the ballsy dot com or whatever, whatever it is. See, I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but anyway, we had we had that. It's a terrific uh, podcast, and and uh, hopefully we'll have a, an adequate podcast when we call Evan in a couple of minutes. In surprise, adequate's a high bar. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to our college ballsy podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.